Oh, he hello, I, d I did not see you there. I see you've come to borrow another book from my library. I have just the book for you, trust me, it's a perfectly wondrous novel. And, well, while it is rather thick, it contains some of the most memorable and wondrous things, like adult language, mature situations, classic literary characters interacting with one another, the unique writing styles of Alan Moore, heartfelt wishes for an upcoming convention, 19th century wit, and copious uses of opium. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 162, Literary Heroes Attack Martians. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin Manga Review, some podcast inventing reviews about kinetically enhanced narratives. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, buongiorno, and what's up? Yes, we're back for another fun-filled episode. And for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. This podcast is dedicated to telling you about manga and comics, how they are, how the art style is, and all if it's worth reading or not. Now, we've been around for 162 episodes. I need to remind you that you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us, spirekin.gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and you can buy any of our old mangas and books at amazon.com forward slash shops forward slash spirekin. All this information is in the notes and in also on the website. Check it out. Totally worth it. And yes, when this episode is being released, well, hopefully if I remember to post it, because I generally do things a little bit ass backwards, but... It will be three days before New York Comic Con 2012. Yes, New York Comic Con. Something I've actually been waiting really hard for and doing my best to get tickets for because, well, we got declined for our press passes, so I got to do it the old-fashioned way, which is buy the tickets, and then stuff had gone horribly wrong, and it's me and Baz and Amy and new guy and all these other people. Sorry, I just got to shift a little bit. My back's hurting a little bit, and uh, just it's been crazy. Everything that's been going on with that but i digress a little bit i'm really excited though i took the days off it's gonna be four days of fun and insanity i will have pictures i will have notes i will have lots of recordings from the con it should be fun i mean yes it may be backlogged but whatever it's gonna happen we're gonna have a great time but since it is comic-con season and it is that a comic-con you know we're talking about comics and whatnot 
I've decided to do something a little bit different. If you remember from the last episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and Dick Tender would be, I'd be reviewing a graphic novel. That is not a manga. Yes, I know we're getting right into it, but whatever, I wanted to get into it quickly. But like I said, we're getting, we're going to be talking about a manga, which is a graphic novel, that was written back in 1999 to 2000. There's six issues of this, because this is the first uh, volume of six volumes, there's like 15 issues total, and it's something a little bit different. It's been released by DC Comics and Wildstorm. It's got a really weird schedule it had, and it's technically an alternate history steampunk literary love story. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about a book that's written by Alan Moore, run by Kevin O'Neill, and lettered by Bill Oakley. I'm talking about a very famous book called The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Now, if you've never heard of this book, it's something very unique and very different. Now, to read the jacket copy, here's what it's about. London, 1898. The Victorian era draws to a close and the 20th century approaches. It is a time of great change and an age of stagnation, a period of chaste order and ignoble chaos. It is an era in need of champions. Alan Quartermain, Captain Nemo, Howley Griffin, Dr. Henry Jekyll, Mr. Edward Hyde, and Mina Murray are these champions, and together they compromise the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Recruited by the enigmatic Campion Bond under orders from the mysterious M, these six adventurers are pressed into service by their empire in a time of need. Now they must face the nefarious Doctor and his vile plan for world domination, but things are not entirely as they seem. Other factors, cryptic and crepuscular, are also at work. A remarkable drama ensues. It is really cool, and it's something very different that you would not expect, because this book is laden with characters that people have never heard of that are old literary characters that make you want to read the book find out more about this unique well pseudo world and all these little nods here and there these characters it's the ultimate crossover of all these famous literary characters now some of you may wonder who are all these people you just talked about i mean for those you don't know alan quartermain was the original indiana jones he was britain's great son they were used to write little dime novels about this guy alan quartermain in africa and he'd look for things like King Solomon's Mine, or he'd look for diamonds or gold, and he was just a pretty badass old bar superhero. When this book takes place, though, he's become an opium-addicted old man, and he's had a lot of stress in his life. He's buried two wives, he's buried his son, and he's an old man. Next, you have Captain Nemo. Now, some of you may have heard that name, some of you may have not. Some people may think, oh, isn't that the guy who was after Moby Dick? No. Captain Nemo was an Indian prince who, back in the 1800s, actually written by H.G. Wells in 2,000 Leagues Under the Seas, he created a submarine. And he was just against England and he wanted to create his own utopia. It's a really cool read. It's an awesome book. And in this, he is essentially the ultimate anti-British in African psychopath who has super technology. Like, he is the steampunk in this. Like, he's got machine guns, he's got bizarre weaponry, and the Nautilus, the Nautilus is his ship, of course. It's designed, it looks like a squid, it's very cool. Next, you have Howley Griffin. Some people may think, that name sounds oddly familiar. Other people may say, who the fuck is Howley Griffin? Well, he's known by another moniker. He's the Invisible Man. Yes, the guy who, in the old story, created a serum, took it, and he became invisible. 
and he was portrayed in so many films back in the day, including a reinterpretation called Hollow Man. And unlike in the film adaptation of this book, Holly Griffin is not a good person. He will lie, cheat, kill, steal, do whatever he has to in order for him to survive. There's actually a quote in this one. He's like, I don't care about the British Empire. I just care about one empire. The empire of Invisible Man the First. He's conceited, he's psychotic, but he's... Charming in his own psychotic way. It's almost as if a rogue that's gone completely crazy. And he's actually my favorite character in the first volume. The second volume, he's an atrocious bastard, and he gets what's coming to him in a horrible way. But I digress. We're talking about volume one, not volume two. Next, you have Dr. Henry Jekyll and Mr. Edward Hyde. Yes, the inspiration for The Incredible Hulk, the inspiration for most multiple personality cases. A scientist who when trying to discover the inner workings of man, created a serum which would supposedly split his good side and his bad side, but instead created a monster of insane strength, great wit, and complete and utter mercilessness. And Dr. Jekyll is one of the nicest and most moral people possible. Mr. Hyde is a murderer, rapist, psychopath who looks like a giant gorilla who's super strong. And they completely hate each other, but they're stuck in one by. They're in a timeshare. And they make a very interesting addition to this group. And finally leading out is the leader, uh, Miss Murray. Mina Murray, who you may have known her from her old name, which would have been Mina Harker from Dracula. The woman that Dracula fell in love with that he tried stealing away from Jonathan Harker. This takes place after Dracula. It's after he tried to rape her. Well, Dracula tried to do his thing for her and so she's divorced her husband she has massive scars on her neck and she's apparently immortal well you find that out the later on but that is what this is about it's about these six people who've been conscribed by campion bond who supposedly is the predecessor or ancestor of james bond to find out about this weird doctor who's in the east end of london and this mysterious doctor if you look at him he's an asian man with dragon eyes who's evil and the ultimate like people consider him the devil and it's them trying to get this stuff called caveret it's this anti-gravity substance which will make anything fly and it's rumored that this evil the doctor not the doctor from doctor who but the doctor will use this stuff make ships and destroy the world and they're going to take it back to their leader their the person who hired them m who for some bizarre reason wilhelmina mina thinks is actually Mycroft Holmes, the older brother of Sherlock Holmes. And from here it gets completely crazy. I know, some of you are like, wait, what the fuck? Who are all these people? These are just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many little references, like at one point in the beginning, when they go to Paris to find Henry Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they meet this detective named C. Augusta Dupin, who is from Edgar Allan Poe's story, The Murders in the Rue Morgue. And then later on, when they meet Mr. Griffin in uh, this girl's school in Edmonton, it's run by this lady. Well, first off, the school, it's designed like a girl who's being smacked. It's a girl, like, in doggy-style position with the door being a hand smacking her butt. And the headmistress is this lady, Miss Rosa Coote. Now, I had to look this up, but apparently she was a dominatrix from the 1800s who they wrote stories about. Like, she was one of the first people they wrote porns about. And how they find the Invisible Man is that he's pretending to, since he's invisible, he's going around this all-girls school, 
and while well, he's getting his rocks off, and a lot of the girls are becoming impregnated by the Holy Spirit, who we know is Griffin. He's a piece of work, I told you. He's He's been hiding out and whatnot. You also have a couple of other people, including Fu Manchu, who's the ultimate villain of pulp stories, and that is the Doctor. And then, of course, you have people like Sherlock Holmes, Professor James Moriarty, Mycroft Holmes, Artful Dodger from Oliver Twist, and you have just all these just crazy people and references. Even things as simple as Samuel Ferguson from Five Weeks in a Balloon. His balloon shows up in this. There's Ishmael from Moby Dick, and then later on at the end of this volume, a bunch of stuff happens, including hints about Whirl, uh, John Carter from Mars, and a little bit of H.P. Lovecraft, just to add a little bit of panache to this. Now you were like, what the fuck did you just tell us about? This sounds bizarre, but awesome. Yes. It's a really cool read. And as usual, Alan Moore, he makes the paranoid alternate world, which is amazing. It's a world you want to find out more about. The way he connects all these different literary characters together, it's brilliant. I mean, I can't even describe how amazing this story is. I mean, the fact that it was between this and Superman Red Sun was kind of bizarre, but still, it's it's an interesting story. The art design is brilliant, and it's just something very, very original for what it was for during the time in 1999. You wouldn't expect to, let's take all these old literary characters and make them into a superhero crossover. No one would have thought of that. This was the first one that did it, and it's a brilliant tale. It's done really well. Now, I know I've been geeking out about this. Now, here are some of the bad things about it. Let me get into some of the bad things. Now, first off, one of the things which is good and bad about it is the fact is that this book, the setting, takes place all over the world. First off, they have to go to Cairo to pick up Alan Quartermain in an opium den. Then they got to go to Paris. Then they got to go to England. Then they got to go to all these different places all throughout England and Europe. But as they go to these places, unlike other comics where when they're in another country and they're talking another language, you see brackets, they actually use the language. No subtitles, no nothing. So you, if you don't, it's kind of like you're watching them talk and you have no idea what they're saying, but you have to infer, which is kind of cool. But on the other hand, it's like when you're in Cairo and they're talking in, I'm assuming it's Arabic, you see the Arabic writing and you don't know what the hell they're saying. You just have to kind of be like, okay, he's talking to her. She's a, they're leading her into an opium den, okay, and they point someone out, okay, and that's got to be Alan Quartermain, that he talks back about something, and then they try raping her, and you're like, what the f- Oh, there's a lot of rape in this. There is a lot of rape in this. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. A lot of rape, a lot of murder, a lot of crazy stuff, and in the volume two, it's got Mr. Jekyll horribly raping and killing a person and leaving blood on the ceiling. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. There's a lot of darkness. Um, a lot of very surreal things. Like I told you, that school that's shaped like a girl's butt. Their ships are shaped like um, airplanes. There's a lot of additions to it. Like there's a lot of little art pieces and other artistic endeavors that are added to it. Like supplementary material stories written about Alan Quartermain. There's actually a picture of Dorian Gray that it's filling by colors where you see him. He looks beautiful and handsome in the black and white. But when you color it in... He looks horrific. There's actually a Tab Cigarettes comic 
Tab Cigarettes is like one of those little penny comics that you used to buy, like Bazooka Joe, if you have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about, which synopsis the entire series. There's a lot of cool things and a lot of just crazy things in here also. I mean, besides that and the, the, the insane amount of rape and whatnot, it's a very talky graphic novel. There's a lot of dialogue, which for Alan Moore is usual, but there's a lot of just, not monologues, but it's like when Campion Bond is talking to Wilhelmina Murray, these long, like, six pages of him just ranting and explaining the situation in very dry British dialogue. And for us Americans, we might find it a bit of a chore to try and be like, okay, get to the fucking point. You're just ranting and raving. Just get on. I don't care about this. I know it's a stagnant page, but come on, I want to read about... Edward Hyde beating the shit out of a bunch of uh, Asians while calling them Chinamen. Come on. Uh, the other thing is that this is a really racist book. There's a lot of racist racism. There's rants. It's crazy. It is really a crazy book. But it's kind of cool, too. It's a shame that the movie was so terrible. But we're going to say that for the movie review when we get to that eventually. But if you notice in the background, I have been playing the music from the movie. That's just because, well... Anyway, I think I digress, and it's been maybe 18, 20 minutes. Yeah, about, no, yeah, about 19 minutes since I started this talk about this graphic novel. So let's get to the point. Let's get to that part we've been waiting for, and that is the review of the actual graphic novel. Now, there's a lot of really good things about this. I told you it's an inventive and original concept. It's drawn really well, as usual. Kevin O'Neill knocks it out of the park. The, some of the designs are brilliant the backgrounds are amazing the characters are all very diverse there's a lot of just over exaggeration on some of the body parts but hey that's what you expect from Kevin O'Neill and the story is great the characters are very diverse and it's a unique story now the bad things about it are that if you've never read about these characters you're going to be really confused you're going to know who anybody is they expect you just to know who they are they throw in little witticisms here and there about who these other characters are and they infer them. There's the whole language barrier thing. There's a lot of rape in it. There's a lot of murder in it. It's not a, it's a very graphic novel. I know it's, but I mean, it's graphic as anything. You see at one point, just Nemo is walking into a place with a bunch of bad guys. And he says, tell the people in hell that Nemo sent you there. And he's firing an automated spear gun. Like a machine gun, just killing all these people ranting. And Doc, and Mr. Hyde looks at him like saying, that's kind of cool. All right, you guys run off. Me in the dark, you're going to go kill him. You're like, okay. Uh, most of the racist comments are made by either Griffin or Hyde. And both of them are terrible people, but you're compelled to like them. It's very bizarre. And they're kind of something which, if you are sensitive, you're not going to like them. You're really not. And... Overall, it's a very, very mix of good and bad. I personally like it because I'm a reader. You may not like it. But overall, um, the sequel is a little bit better. There's three parts in this. There's Volume 1, Volume 2, then there's the Black Dossier. Black Dossier takes place several years later. The sequel takes place right after this one, and it's explaining something having to do with the end of this. And it's a little darker. And... Overall, I would have to give League of Extraordinary Gentlemen by Alan Moore a 
Bar from Friend and Don't Return Unless Offered, Pocky. It's a really good graphic novel, and I highly recommend it. You might not like it if you don't like talking, but I really recommend it. It's great. It's the mythology is amazing, and the story is totally worth it. Now, if you don't agree with me, that's perfectly fine. You can send me an email, zanspirekin.com. You can leave a comment on the post at www.spirekin.com. Leave a message on Facebook, on Twitter, on all of our social media if you want. Or if you go to New York Comic Con and actually find me, I'll be wearing either my Green Lantern shirt or I'll be wearing a suit. You'll see me. Just tell me in person what you think. If you agree or disagree, I am willing to listen. We have gotten rid of the uh, voicemail, unfortunately, but just let me know what you think. Also, buy a book from Amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Spirekin to help us pay for this podcast so I can keep it going. I mean, I want to do it. Also, if you want to be a co-host, email me. Let me know. Um, before I forget, let's get to that part we've all been waiting for. The part which is the most popular, the most fun, the most amazing part of this and what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga. Exceptional substitute. What is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What I've done is I've assigned a manga to each of the 10 slots. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin this one, this only, this Wheel of Manga. When our number lands on this, we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 163. And we've got some more regular manga titles, nothing too crazy. We've gotten a couple of just the more popular stuff. So let's spin to reviewing in the next episode. I mean, Ava's on here and some other stuff. Alright, number six. So in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing... A manga which some people say is better than Neon Justice Evangelion. They say the anime is better. I disagree, though. But we're going to be talking about Topin Topin Gurren Lagan. So check that out in the next episode. And I will give you preps about what's going on in Comic-Con. Well, I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. See you guys. Bye.
when I'm 